0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring. Hey, okay, one thing the game needs
1: is more people like you. You you. still have grown man run around tight pants.
0: It's Smokey Betts, this is Daniel Bard, this is Steve Alge, Jared Saltalamacchia. This is Brock Holtz. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball. Is- baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Bradford.
1: The conversation about how to build a bullpen is always a good one, and in this day and age of baseball, there's a lot of opinions, a lot of approaches. And really, probably the most important aspect of any conversation, any debate, any approach is how much do you invest in the bullpen? How much do you invest in the relief pitchers? A lot of teams really just rather run out guys, see which one sticks, and then go from there, keep that payroll down using the relief pitchers. And some other teams, well, they want to invest in them. They want to pay money. They want to pay for some semblance of certainty. Well, I think that probably the best approach is a little of both. Certainly, I do think that you have to find this certainty somewhere. And – And listen, when we talk about certainty, it's not just, there's no such thing as absolute certainty, but there is something to be said for, this guy did it last year, this guy did it the year before, and we have a pretty good idea he's going to do it going forward, at least for one or two years. There's no better example of that than Chris Martin. Chris Martin signed a two-year deal with the Red Sox for $13.5 million overall, and the year before, the Red Sox didn't invest. Not only did they invest this time around with Chris Martin, but they They also did a two-year deal with Kenley Jansen. And I can tell you, without those two guys, the Red Sox season would be far worse than it even is now. No, No question about it. They were one of the teams that we said, at the end of the bullpen, we need to pay for some certainty. And that doesn't always work out. I mean, there's plenty of examples of it. But in this case... It absolutely has worked out in terms of filling that role, filling that gap, and understanding how important that is until you find some of these other guys who evolve into guys you'll ultimately have to pay down the road. But Martin is, is the perfect example. Martin is the perfect guy to talk to you about this, which is exactly what we did. So just to give you an idea, this is our, it, these are insane numbers. Now, Martin is a closer. He's gotten some save opportunities when Kinley Jansen hasn't been available. But but he's all really gotten one save opportunity. And he made the save since June 9th. And so, why do I mention June 9th? Well, because you, since June 9th, since June 9th, Chris Martin for the Red Sox as relief pitcher has given up one earned run, one run over 31 two thirds innings. That would be 35 games. Obviously, in case you're keeping score and want to tabulate such things, the ERA 0.28. So let me repeat that. 35 games he has pitched in, and he's giving up one run. Also, Cherry on the top, he struck out 30 and walked just six. That's six walks in 35 games. In those games, Red Sox are 25-10. and Not a coincidence. He's pitching in high-leverage situations. He's asked to hold things down, get to Kenley, go for them from there. But once again, I think that this is an interesting conversation. How do you build a bullpen? And the importance of actually finding the guy that you feel is going to get the job done, has got the job done, while you sift through some of these other guys who have potential. All right, well, we sat down with Chris Martin. As always, a great conversation. Here you go. Here's Chris Martin. All right, so I've been talking to a lot of guys about building bullpen. I'm trying to get my head around this. So this is what I look at it. And I look at it like you guys as sort of, honestly, I like how this bullpen was built this year. And it was paying for certainty, which is you, congratulations, and Kenley, right? And I think that a lot of bullpens... It's, and then you have, you know, we were talking about the Mets. Mets pay a lot for a lot of guys. That's just one example. And then you have a lot of other bullpens that are running through a lot of guys. They want a lot of control and everything else. But I think it's a good conversation just because there. this is the, the great white whale. And, like, again, to me, like, I feel like you guys, you, like, it was really, really valuable. So right. I don't know. I just, you're, you're, you're a guy who follows the game and yeah. right in the middle of it. How do you look
0: at it? Um, I think the best uh, way I can look at it is the championship team I was on, the bullpen, the way it was built with a lot of depth. Um, you know, you had your veteran guys that, you know, were closing games out, had been in big big games and things like that. And then you bring in a few young guys, and kind of mold them into um, into building them up into bigger situations and getting them into games that way when we, you do get into the playoffs and things like that you know it's not foreign to them to be mm-hmm. in a big situation. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is just getting guys experience um, in big games and once you have guys that you know from one to eight with those types of experiences, you know, obviously, you got a little more trust. The manager has more trust than those guys, and um, you can do a good job of keeping everybody fresh, mm-hmm. not having to use everybody all the time.
1: So, when it comes to investing in a bullpen, right? I mean, your relievers yeah. should be pay, paid a lot of money, right? This no, but I mean, you're gonna obviously you, the relievers want to make as much money as you can. Um, and a few years ago, there was like a lot of three-year deals. Like there was one off there was right. a ton of three-year deals, and then I think this kind of went the other way. But don't you think that, and I, I, you know, I, obviously you have skin in the game, but don't you think that it is worth it for, the guy, for what you're talking about? This is something that is value should be value.
0: Yeah, obviously you see the analytics playing a big role nowadays with the, the starting pitching. You know, they, they don't like them facing the lineup three times um, through, so obviously you get your bullpen in the game earlier. Hmm. So meaning that's obviously more games, more innings, things like that. More important situations, you're putting a lot on. You know, you bringing guys in the six. You got four guys that have to. Yeah, be, you need four guys that right? have to be good every single night and make sure you hit on every single one of them. And uh, you know, it's important. I don't know if the dollars mean as much. You know, it's just important to get guys. Um, like I said, with experience. Do like you think experience that goes a long way?
1: Yeah. Do you think that closers are viewed differently? Um, than maybe they were a few years ago? Uh, and what? Well, just because, like you said, you need four guys, right? Yeah.
0: I and think, yeah, obviously, you know, having, like I said, when we signed Kinley, I was like, that's it's huge for us. Yeah. You know, you know, that solidifies that inning. And then my goal this year was to come in and hopefully solidify the eighth, and then that just shortens the game that much, that mm-hmm. much more. And just to be available in those situations in the eighth and then have a guy in the ninth be available now the game's shorter Hmm. Um, it just makes it a lot easier for everyone else Um, take some pressure off some of the young guys that way they can ease into it right
1: yeah and that's kind of where I'm getting at right I mean it's like to have you guys while you figure out everything else instead of just hoping that a a few guys stick
0: you know right you know we got Winkowski. that was you know he was coming in throwing 2 at the beginning of the year getting some depth giving some guys some relief um, now you got Garrett can do the same thing you can go multiple. Um, we got a lot of weapons uh, down there. Um, a lot of things that you can do. Um, like you said, I, the bullpen's really good. Um, yeah, I know, and, and it's I know, got a good mix of you know veteran guys. That's what against. I think. I
1: honestly think, and, and listen, you guys have been stretched. I, mean, I think since this month, you got the relievers have pitched two less innings and in starts. It is what it is. But I do think that like if set up like this how it should be set up and um so when you pitch when you pitch the eighth when kenley pitches the ninth how different is it i remember going back talking to billy wagner this was a few years ago obviously yeah, yeah. but billy wagner came over here toward the end of his career yeah. and he'd been the closer and he said man like the ninth inning something different and i think i kind of feel like now the 8th and the ninth inning or something.
0: Different. Um, I agree with the ninth inning is obviously a little bit different. Yeah. You know, there's, the crowd gets into it. The batters approach a yeah, little bit Yeah, they different. don't want to make the last out or the last outs. It's definitely a, a more stressful inning, the 9th. There's a lot of everybody's looking at you type thing. You know, the 8th inning is the same thing, but obviously it goes unnoticed a little more than the ninth. You don't get as much... Praise, I guess you'd say. Yeah. But obviously, if we mess it up, they're going to be asking us questions <laughs> on why we did what, or whatever we did. Um, but, yeah, the ninth inning, there's definitely more pressure you there. Think so? I mean, you pitched yeah.
1: like, a few ninth innings, yeah.
0: Yeah, obviously, I've never really had a closer role yeah. ever in my career. And I've obviously had opportunities to pitch in the ninth. And, yeah, there's more pressure there. like To, to throw those innings every single game for whatever, 60 games a year. Yeah. Um, you have to be mentally tough and, and physically tough too because it's exhausting.
1: Well, I think again, this comes back to what I'm saying about investing and about both the eighth and ninth. And like we could talk about four guys, but still the eighth and the ninth are different. And so when you go into the open market this year, it's, is it, do you, did you get that sense? Because you know you don't know. Like your yeah. agent can say we think this, we think that, right. but you don't know. So, so when you went to the open market, did you get a vibe for how you were being valued? How relievers were being valued?
0: Yeah, of course. Um, I think you know you have you you know you have your guys that you compare to mm. and what they what they got in the past. I think that's kind of what you go off of mm. numbers and then what they've signed for. So. Obviously, the guys in front of you are the ones that kind of set the market, mm-hmm. and, you know, you, I guess you just go with the, the numbers, and then your agent goes to work. Like, I was, I'm was i the type of guy in that situation, I'm just like, give me a call whenever oh, really? there's something on the table. <laughs> well, I don't want to be super involved. Yeah. They're way smarter than me. Um, I have an idea of probably, you know, what my worth is, and that's essentially what you want going into free agency, is just getting your worth. Um,
1: yeah. And just... Do you look at other, like, do you look at like, I know relievers who have gone to places and taken visits and say, hey, listen, we have this, we have that, we can do this, we can do that. Um, obviously, role comes into it. I don't know how much, or are you
0: just you have an idea of that. Um, that was a factor when I signed in 2022. You know, okay. I was coming off a not really good, not such a it wasn't a terrible 2021, but it wasn't the greatest. And uh, luckily, I was still able to, you know, get a major league deal, but I was in that phase of trying to get back to being really good again, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the Cubs, you know, when we talked, I felt like they had the best um, development, okay. like mindset. Who was that, like Tommy Hadevoy? And and uh, oh, yeah, Tommy um CY, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and even the analytical analytic department, you know, they
1: they said we see this in you
0: yeah they basically pulled up and said hey this is what we saw and this is what we think can make you better and uh, I kind of got on board and you know that whole year was you know I was sticking with their process and then you know I was kind of getting I was getting better there towards the trade deadline and then I went over to the Dodgers and I think the Dodgers get a lot of credit to that but the yeah. Cubs the Cubs did they a would, lot up to that point. Well, the Dodgers got you. You you had already like had taken root, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, Dodgers took a pitch away. Yeah. That was you know not necessarily a bad pitch. It was just a pitch that was getting beat a lot. Okay. So they just took it away. Which one was that? Slider. Oh, really? It's, and then, that's what they do, though. That's. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me on how you know it got so much better over there, but it did. And <laughs> uh, thank you to the Dodgers <laughs> for that.
1: Uh, it is. I mean, we've. Chris like we've had so many doing this Diekman, Brazier yeah um, all these guys um, Robert Stevenson you know I've laying a lot of Tampa and
0: Dodgers guys yeah. I know but yeah. still
1: like it is like it's remarkable it's so sometimes it's so simple
0: yeah and I, I wonder if people worry if you can go to another team and continue to have the success that you were having with those teams and obviously hopefully you know I've proved that what they've you know, they instill confidence and, yeah. and let you know, like, you know, we went and got you because you're really good, so go be really good. And then just that little thing can go a long way.
1: And so they took the pitch away from... I mean, that was... And was uh, and this is again this is a thing I, we just talked just talked to Diegman about this. So it's yeah. like he's I throw the ball
0: over the plate, be here from them. Yeah, you know, has yeah, right. got a little better stuff than I do. So I know, he but
1: moves a lot more. But everyone's different, right? And Brazier goes and learns a cutter in ten days, and you know everyone's different.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's, <laughs> it, it, the littlest things in this game. It it's sometimes just a, the tiniest thing that can take you to the next level. It's very... I just... <laughs> I don't understand it.
1: So, you go... Okay, you go to the Cubs. You said, okay, when you went to the Dodgers you took away the slider. When you went to the Cubs what was like a change that you made?
0: Well, the funny the Cubs wanted me to throw a slider. Like, <laughs> they were trying to get me to throw the sweeper and they thought I had the arm action for it. Um, I tried it. It worked. Yeah. Um, but, just, you know, I was getting beat with it and just didn't feel real comfortable throwing it and they were just trying to get my body right, get my body into a good position, you know, mechanically. And we worked on that the whole entire time and uh, just kept getting better and better. So.
1: What? And then so now you come to the Red Sox and maybe you don't change anything. I mean, there's a reason they signed you. But is there anything, because you've been so good, man. And
0: is there anything that, even the littlest thing? Just continue to stay with the routine. That's it. Every single day. Do the same thing. Um, get the body ready. I mean, I'm 37, getting older. You got to understand how how to get prepared and be ready every day, and uh, um, that was part of the Cubs thing too. Is like getting your body right to be to feel the best you can to pitch. Because a lot of times your bad outings, you're not feeling your best. And so did, you when gotta,
1: them saying that, did that hit home? I mean, because anytime we we get older, we sort of sometimes yeah, it catches up on it's us. It's not right? that
0: I didn't have a routine. It was just that I didn't really understand what I was doing. Okay. And I just, Just wanted to make sure I understood why I was doing things. Um, that way I could tweak different types of things that I needed to do to get just the body moving. I'm tall, I'm lanky, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, I throw a lot of strikes and that's what gets me in trouble. Um, But you uh, don't get a lot of trouble. I mean Well you know I gotta keep it up. Out of the middle of the, the box.
1: Okay. You know, oh, you do? Okay, so this is what we talk about with the Rays, right?
0: I think the Rays' philosophy is a little different. They now. throw
1: it down say, I mean, look
0: at as uh, Cash told me. He's like, watch where our catcher set up. Yeah, their guy's stuff moves all over the place. Yeah. I have pitches with little movement, and I just command them in the zone. So you want, like, the catcher to set up in different spots. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a big setting up down the middle middle and let it fly. Yeah, my stuff doesn't move as as well as, you know, know, a lot of these guys, analytically now, you know their stuff's elite. Yeah, Um, I look up... I don't even want to learn the numbers because I don't even want to know. I just want to go and execute pitches and... and
1: Well, okay. So you said, like, which is good. Whatever works, man. Some guys... I think we've talked about it. Some guys like numbers, some guys don't. But hitter's reactions, to me, like, that's it. And so right. f- for you, yep. when especially when you're going through this year, you're like, okay, like, the hitter's reactions are what I want them to be. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, for, I can feel a swing. Um, not necessarily understand, you know, like, you know, some guys can tell, you know, what to throw next on that swing. I just feel if they were on that pitch or not. And then I got to, you know go to the next play. More
1: so than even a couple of years ago?
0: Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. The game's starting to get a little bit slower. Is it? Slowing down, even in like bigger situations. Obviously, it speeds up, you know, yeah, human being. But I think that's a big part of it. Experience. It goes... That's why you got to have that experience pinned because it goes a long way. You know, when you're in the playoffs or you're in a playoff hunt and that little thing that you lose focus could be the... Right. ...the deciding factor of a series, so... Just trying to be focused and locked in and slowed down as much as possible. The clock didn't help.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. I remember. I remember.
0: I was struggling with the clock (laughs) because I was such a guy that wanted to slow everything down, and then they wanted you to speed it up. So you had to figure it out a different way. When did you
1: do it? Like, so I remember the the first spring training game. Yeah. You
0: walked two guys for the second time in your career. Yeah. Um, It was hot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we shouldn't judge anything off for a spring training game. Yeah, yeah. Um, The clock definitely had a factor in that. Um,
1: But when did you, when did it start of like, okay, it's slowing
0: down? Probably a couple weeks into the season. You know, um, you start not even to notice it. I think the biggest issue was seeing it. You know, and you weren't completely focused on your pitch because I mean, you had a clock in your vision, or you're trying to throw it before. The, you just had to learn to adapt, and it's kind of second nature now. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it seems like forever ago, right? I mean, it still happens where you're like, "Damn, tired." Like, I'd like to just roam around the mountain. Yeah, I'd like to take it. a break, but the clock's counting down, and you just got to get up there, and focus, and make a pitch. It is. It's you know all of this year and I was just talking to Gary
1: Cole about it, like this year is we're never gonna see another year, but this is like the testament again, the testament to you and that's why when you're consistently this good, like you found a rhythm in a year that has changed a lot. I mean
0: Right. It just has. Yeah, it's part of you know, you have to make adjustments to everybody. Hitters, pitchers if you don't you don't you don't stay in this league very long, so Yeah. Something you better figure out or you're gonna be out of here so alright
1: last thing I appreciate the time because I've been asking people because it's the weirdest thing you've ever signed signed so I'll give you some <laughs> of the ones that we've had prosthetic limb yep um toaster sock
0: forehead yeah uh, you know when I was over in Japan they they were big on signing the phones oh the phone. so yeah, phones yeah 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 uh, Oh I had a lady over here. My wife was sitting in the car. She, you know, she wanted me to sign her chest. Oh, <laughs> with your wife right there? My wife is sitting right there. I was like, I'm sorry, I can't. Like, <laughs> what did your wife give you the strange uh, guy? She had no idea. Oh, really? I, and I told her I got in the car. I said, Hey, she wanted me to sign like in the top of her chest, and I was like, that's, and she just. You said,
1: No, that's that's the point. Right points. All right, all
0: right, that's a good one. <laughs>